Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles. Welcome to the show. Yay. All right, let's get right into it today. Oh, so Mike and I have this small amount of time <laughs> that we really stretch out into all kinds of different conversations. And it's really early in the morning before Daisy wakes up. I'm sure some of you can relate <laughs> to this small amount of time when you have quiet in the house in this way. And something that came up recently in our chats, because we chat about yoga, we chat about life planning and, you know, snuggling on the couch, this kind of thing. And then I actually run upstairs to our little yoga loft most days and do a live class on the Strala Yoga app. So it's a small amount of time, but we really pack it in. (laughs) And one topic that really came up And I know when I have a good topic or a good way of describing something or maybe something old for the new time, a fresh time, Mike gets really quiet. And I kind of accuse him of not listening to me. (laughs) What are you doing? You're not saying anything back right after I'm done speaking. (sighs) And he started getting into this one because it's a category and a big topic that I think he relates to a lot in his own life and in also his experience with teaching Tai Chi. And the topic is the struggle. And there's so many cool hashtags and things like bumper stickers and internet postings and all of this on the struggle is real and keep up the struggle and all of this kind of talk. Lots of variations there. And something that I've seen over the many years of practicing yoga myself and kind of looking around in classes and also really leading yoga is where I've learned the most about not just yoga, but how we are as people, what our natural tendencies are and what's so hard. And what I've really seen is it's hard to drop the struggle. Something as challenging, but also as simple as a handstand. I know, going into the handstand. (laughs) It's a challenge sometimes, not because a handstand is hard, but because for most people working on that handstand, there's a decision that needs to be made about changing what you're already doing. 
dropping the struggle of what you're already doing to move toward the struggle or the challenge that will actually get you to progress. So really simple example here. Two examples happen in handstand really all the time. One is someone arching their back. And this was me. I was definitely in this category before I learned about moving better because I have a naturally more flexible back that I can kind of lean into and cheat a little bit and get things done. Now I learned, you know, a long time ago that that wasn't a good way of moving in my body. (laughs) And I corrected this against my desire to just keep doing it because it made things easier. I could do more if I just cheated a little bit with my lower back. So some good teachers said, hey, cut it out. (laughs) You're going to end up with back problems. Even though I was in my 20s, I'm not going to have back problems now. Why should I do this now? But I listened because they were older and wiser and had more experience. So I started paying attention to my alignment, not just when I'm in the handstand, but when I'm moving from whatever position I am into rocking forward and back. So this back arching really requires not just that you stop arching your back, but that you decide to move yourself in a completely different way. You need to drop the struggle in order to actually do the struggle that is going to get you somewhere. (laughs) And the other super common thing that happens is people kind of hold themselves back. You see a lot of people kind of kicking and kicking and kicking but the hips aren't going over the shoulders. And it's so easy to kind of reduce ourselves to the physical muscles and bones that we are and say, oh, I just need to get my hips over my shoulders. Well, what's really going on is you're afraid of tipping over into a wheel, which in my opinion, you should be afraid of that because that's not a good thing for your back. That's not a good thing for your body. That's teaching yourself how to essentially crash and you probably will get injured doing that eventually. So your body is actually telling you to stop kicking so hard. Your body is actually telling you to stop struggling in that way and maybe start struggling in a better way. (laughs) So instead of this kind of kicking and kicking and kicking and preventing your hips from going over your shoulders, what if you rocked forward and back with less force? You found that sweet spot of hover, of hang, and you didn't try to make everything happen all at once. You didn't try to kick that bottom leg right up to the top to try to make this kind of diver's handstand. What if you moved your hips over your shoulders? Well, you know what happens when somebody moves their hips over their shoulders and they're used to just kicking and holding themselves back? They feel like they're going to fall over because it's a very vulnerable position, even though that position is technically in alignment. Same thing with the back archers, the category that I was in. If I was to take that arch out of my lower back, I would feel like, hey, there's no way I can get my hips over my shoulders. I need to arch my back and kind of slither my way into it. Well, what I learned was, okay, this is actually a movement that's coming from my hips. This is a movement that's focusing on moving in alignment all of the time, not just get into the position and try to adjust yourself to make it happen, essentially. So I was chatting with Mike about this struggle problem. And really, 
the conversation kept going to the struggle is not the problem. You just don't want to struggle doing the wrong things. You don't want to struggle and wear yourself out. And I know a lot of you can relate to this. I can as well. You don't want to struggle and beat yourself down doing things that aren't leading to the things that you want to happen. (laughs) How many times has that happened in our life before we need to make a better change in this way? Uh, We were talking about math for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why this came up. Probably because thinking of Daisy in school and things that she's learning. And this struggle problem, in my mind, often when we take things away from the familiarness of talking about life or talking about yoga or talking about yoga and how that relates to how we deal with life, and we talk about something as simple as cooking or as reading or as doing a math problem, I simply said to Mike, it's as if you chose to struggle opening the textbook of math. Oh, it's so hard to open the book. I'm going to struggle on that part. Instead of actually working and perhaps, yes, struggling on the challenging problems inside of the math book. And that's what makes it so obvious when we take these examples out of our selves, out of our normal, hard to see ourselves-ness, it's hard to see yourself when you're practicing yoga. This is why having a guide is a useful thing for the most part, or if you can have that inner guide that actually corrects you and actually says, hey, you're just doing the same things you're doing in your life on the yoga mat. There you go again. Sinking into your back. There you go again. Giving up easily. There you go again. Stressing too hard. (laughs) It's a real challenge not to do yoga. It's a real challenge to redirect that struggle away from your usual, typical bad habit of struggle. And we all have it. We all have our own bad habits to, okay, I'm, I'm okay with a struggle, obviously, but I want my struggle to have results. <laughs> I want my struggle to lead to a better way for myself for my well-being, for my life, for my family, for my community, for all the things you care about, all the values that you have. So a really cool way to reframe this concept of looking at yourself, looking at how you are, looking at how you're doing yoga, what's not working in your yoga practice, and then forget about the goal of the thing working. You can change the way you work on handstand And forget about handstand being a goal. Please do, by the way, because your life will not change (laughs) if you can balance in a handstand. If that was true, if a yoga pose led to the sky parting and the twinkle lights coming down and fairy droplets engulfing you and whatever else you feel like should happen at that moment, then the divers that are super flexible, the rhythmic gymnasts of the world and Cirque du Soleil performers would have it all figured out. And I don't know tons of people that do those things with their lives, but I imagine they're a lot like us. (laughs) So it's pretty simple to see that the pose as a goal 
doesn't lead to a better life. But how you struggle, how you work, how you move through things, and if you are willing to actually look at what you're doing and correct yourself, say, okay, I'm doing it again. I'm being a jerk again. I'm being a jerk to myself again. How do I change that? Otherwise, you're kind of reinforcing and giving more fuel, giving more steam to these habits that aren't doing you much of a service already. And this is where I feel like yoga can be kind of I don't want to say yoga can be dangerous, but it can be a hiding place for our emotional life. It can be a hiding place for the things that we don't want to look at. And that's okay. It can be an escape. We all need an escape, you know, (laughs) of course. You can sit down and just be with yourself and forget about it and not do the work. Have that be your practice sometimes. But I challenge you. I challenge myself. This is why I feel like it's okay to challenge you because it's so good when your yoga practice can actually help you, can actually help direct you to a better struggle, can show you, okay, you're already flexible. You got that box checked. Let's see if you can hold a plank pose for two minutes without completely panicking. Or, hey, holding a plank pose for two minutes is your comfort zone. What happens if you hang around in a pigeon pose? What happens if you hang out in a forward bend? What happens when those emotions come up? Do you stay with it or do you bounce out? What can you learn from what's hard for you? And that's when yoga becomes useful. (laughs) We use our bodies to understand ourselves. We can use our bodies and our minds together to include ourselves to create harmony in our lives. One of the problems I believe or I've seen also with modern yoga, the last hundred years of yoga, I haven't been alive more than that, but yoga was very different. We weren't doing, we as people weren't doing the yoga poses, the asana practice more than a brief hundred years or so ago. But one of the issues with that is this separation between mind and body. This, okay, do a bunch of yoga poses to wear yourself out so you can sit and meditate. That's all right, but we're not really doing that. (laughs) We're doing the yoga movements, the yoga poses in order to see ourselves. And how we do those poses, how we do those movements affects how we sit and meditate. It affects how we cook the dinner. It affects our choices that we make for our lives and for our families, for our kids and cousins and aunts and uncles and communities and all of these wonderful things. (sighs) So the struggle is real. It's a real thing. But I don't want you to waste any time struggling on the wrong things. And (laughs) I'll out myself for sure. I do things in my life and in my yoga practice for way too long, for way past their expiration date. Because one of my habits 
is to continue to go, continue to go, continue to do. And I love it. It's my comfort zone, but it's hard for me to take a step back outside of myself and say, and what is what I'm doing? See, it's even hard for me to say the words. I can't even put it together. (laughs) Is what I'm doing leading to what I want, leading to the feeling that I want, leading to the lifestyle that I want? Am I making good choices that help me? Or am I just doing the things that I did yesterday and last week and last year because I'm on autopilot? It's time that we stop flushing our forests. It's estimated that Americans flush over 10 million trees worth of toilet paper every year. And if you're using the conventional TP that comes wrapped in single-use plastic, odds are you're using tissue that is cutting down trees from North American old-growth forests. We can stop this with Real Paper, available online and now in most Target stores nationwide. Real Paper uses fast-growing bamboo instead of virgin tree fibers. This helps avoid problems like soil erosion, habitat loss, and most importantly, the massive release of stored carbon. I love how easy Real makes it to feel better and do better. I'm psyched. You can use the code Terra30 at realpaper.com Terra for 30% off your order. We've been using Real for a few years now and absolutely love it. No more flushing our forests. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. And I've done this for sure. A few examples, I had a studio in New York with Mike for a long time. And I didn't really think about a time when I wouldn't have that studio anymore. I thought, well, I'm just going to obviously do this forever. I'm going to be shuffling to the studio when I'm 70 and doing a class and all of this. And it's a funny thing that happened and it's even it's it's super hard to talk about still because it's something that I loved so much and I love doing so much and it worked so much but was it good for me after a while no and that's the challenge do people want to come and take my class every day in the same city that I'm living in yes and that's a fact is it good for me to lead a yoga class every day in one city and to keep showing up forever until the end of time. No. And that's hard for me because I want to do the thing that works and I want to do the thing that's making people happy and I enjoy it for myself as well. But 
after Daisy was born, I wanted other things. I wanted to spend time with her. I wanted to spend a meaningful amount of time with her. I wanted to continue traveling for our trainings and also for fun. We love going places. We love Europe. We love Asia. We love all the places that we've gotten to go and the communities that are there around Strala and around the human community. We love those experiences. I love giving Daisy the experience of people. That was always my dream as a little girl. I wanted to meet people from everywhere and to hug people from everywhere. And now I get to do that and I get to bring her and Mike along for the ride. So it was hard for me to admit that having a studio where I show up and teach classes every day is not a good thing for me anymore. And another wild thing about that is when you realize and you're brave enough, I'm just going to say that to make myself feel better, but for you as well, when you're brave enough to realize that what you're doing isn't good for you anymore, it's also inclusive in how the other people feel that you're doing that thing for, if that makes sense. Another example is we're here in Illinois. (laughs) We have this beautiful house on a lake close to my family. And it's great. It's great for us. It's great for my family, I guess. And we came with this kind of two idea, well, many ideas, but two of the things are gosh, it sure would be nice to go over to grandma and grandpa's and have grandma hang out with Daisy for a little while and have her have some time with her family. That would be a relief for me and Mike, even if we're all there together. It's still a relief giving her that time with other people that she cares about. But I also thought, oh, it'd be nice. I can help my family too. I can get groceries for grandmas. I can do this. I can do that. There's all these things that I can do. I'm helping so much. Look at me. (laughs) But the reality of that mindset is a struggle. I've learned so much in being here and having this place here and having a life here that when I feel like I'm doing so much for my family or I'm doing such a good thing, it's it's not true. (laughs) Everybody here was fine before we got here, maybe I'm making them feel better. I'm sure they enjoy that we're here. But this kind of idea that I'm making everyone's lives so much better is a flawed thinking of my own. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be here and I don't enjoy being here, but that struggle of, oh, I need to go and get groceries. I should go see what so-and-so wants. I need to go do this or I need to go to that. I'm helping is moving out of alignment, not just with myself, but in the ecosystem of the people that I think that I'm helping here. And that's a huge lesson that I've learned being here. And it's the same lesson that I learned from the studio. Nobody wants to take your yoga class if you're overextended. (laughs) They still may enjoy it. They are happy to see you. They love you. They care about you but they also know and they can feel that you're overextended. People love 
and this doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth right now. So I'll rephrase that. You love and I love being around people that are taking care of themselves. And this is something that I learned so often from specifically Sam Berlin teaching shiatsu and our astrology training so often. And also Mike with the principles of Tai Chi that we incorporate into yoga is you're not helping anyone if you're not helping yourself. And it's so obvious when you learn an art form that that's true, but it's the hardest thing to take into the rest of your life. And it's the hardest thing to do that art form well if you don't take it into the rest of your life. It's so connected. (laughs) You can't be good at shiatsu and be an unbalanced person in your life. There's really no this is my work mode of healing somebody with shiatsu. And then in my life, I'm this totally other frantic kind of person. One thing that's so interesting about Sam is he takes care of himself. He hangs out with you if he feels like it. (laughs) And he's accommodating. He'll come and meet me to hang out. But if he's not in the mood, he won't schedule to hang out. He schedules appointments with his clients when he has the energy and the time around his schedule. And he also does this interesting thing. This doesn't work for everybody's life. This is just him as an example, which is a good example for me, gives me ideas. He does this strange thing (laughs) where he just disappears every once in a while for a couple months at a time. And he doesn't check his phone. He doesn't check his email. He doesn't tell his clients when he's coming back. And he says he needs that for himself to know that he can fully exist as a person without this interconnection with his work, with his clients, with the financial stability that comes along with that, and also the emotional connection of going to his center to lean on people. Yes, he loves what he does. Yes, he's created this wonderful life for himself that's sustainable and supports him and his family. But he also knows to have that really work in the session, to have shiatsu work with someone in a session, he also needs to be able to let it go. And when he first told me that, I thought, oh my gosh, that's insanity. There's no way I would ever do that. Just disappear and not check my email. No one will ever think of me. And he says, that's the great thing because when you come back, it's all there. And another friend of mine said something similar a while ago. When we were in New York, Larry Smith, he's the author of the Six Word Memoir series and also married to Piper Kerman, who's a friend of ours. And you probably know her as the author of Orange is the New Black, the incredible award-winning and uber-popular Netflix series. She's also an incredibly intelligent person (laughs) and does a lot for criminal justice reform and just so much good in the world. And they were New Yorkers for a really long time, and they moved to Ohio. I think Piper was doing some work there. This was several years ago. And we were thinking of maybe not spending full time in New York anymore. And I was having this kind of existential crisis, as many people do leaving a big city like New York (laughs) or just not spending as much time there. And he said something wonderful to me 
And he said, New York will always be there. (laughs) And you can slide back in anytime. And I love that. And that's such a great metaphor for having balance in your life, for putting the struggle in the right place, for making sure you're not struggling opening up the math book, but you're struggling on the problems inside, for making sure you're not being a martyr to your own mental ideas about how you should be spending your time, how you should be working or living or doing. This is how we develop imbalance, larger imbalance, physical illnesses and sicknesses, some of them that come from stress and from overwork and tension and not enough this or too much of that. And all of this can be quite wonderful and healing and invigorating if you are willing to take a look at yourself, take a look at the struggle you're having, because we're all having a struggle. We're all alive. We're all human. But what is your struggle right now? Are you struggling on the right things? Or are you struggling on something you can simply let go of if you decide to be brave enough? (sighs) What a relief, right? My goodness. (laughs) Uh, Let's do a nice, easy meditation. And I want to know from you all how this feels. So feel free to leave me a voicemail, message me, DM me, email me, all of the things. And let me know your relationship with struggle. And if this stirred anything up or freed anything up or caused you to act in any healing way to move toward more balance. Let yourself be comfy here, a little shift and drift around. Watch your breath literally move you. Notice how you feel. Notice any physical sensations and any mental thoughts, any emotional sensations, and maybe how they're related to each other. Notice your posture. Are you leaning forward or slouching or a little tense or a little low energy? And how can you shift yourself around to move in toward more balance here? Bring your hands to your belly. Notice how you feel. Take a big inhale. Long exhale. Relax. Ah, hope you feel better. This is a little bit of a feisty one. (laughs) A little bit of a feisty one is always good sometimes. So if you feel kind of really raw right now, take some time, take it easy, ground yourself down. You don't need to make any big changes, especially ones that 
would cause a big upheaval in your life. Just take it easy, go easy on you, but give yourself some time to think about things, to write things down, to talk to people you care about, that you trust, that will listen to you. Look at your body when you're moving. It's not just your body. It's the information of your life. Your body holds everything. You're walking around in that thing. (laughs) It's a big part of you. What's happening? How are you in there? How's everything connecting? Where's the struggle? And maybe together we can put the struggle in the right place. (laughs) We can align the struggle. So hopefully you feel all right, feel a little bit better. Let me know how it goes. Feel free to come practice with us anytime. Loads of classes available all the time, lots of lives, all the things on the Strala Yoga app. Love to see you there. Let us know, of course, any way we can help with anything. We, I mean, myself and Mike and Sam and the folks that I have access to, really grateful to be able to reach out to so many legit (laughs) experts and doctors and therapists. So feel free to reach out. I'll do my best to connect and direct and help. Lots of love and see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.